When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, how you doing? Corey here, middle of the day. You know if it's the middle of the day, I'm up and I'm here for somebody special. And this interview better be special because <laughs> we went through some changes trying to get this thing up here, man. It's, this was a challenging Corey, you, one today. You look like you're shooting this interview from space, brother. Okay. You got all kind of mechanisms and pulleys hooked up. <laughs> and it's, the way you see it, it's not going to look like that. It will look professional. But I had to come in and just kind of rig this whole thing. Uncle Ruckus would say rig in a different way. So Uncle, Ruckus, Uncle Ruckus would say, you Negroes don't need to be messing with technology in that way. You know you do not have the skills that it takes. You should get yourself a good Caucasian man and let him do that for you. And people, Uncle Ruckus would be right. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome actor and a saint, just a patient and great person, Gary Anthony Williams. I am literally one of the best people in the world. And I'm glad, yeah. Corey, I'm glad you recognize that. It's a pleasure to be here, brother. And can't argue with you on you being one of the best people in the world if you've been dealing with my trifling ass for the last five minutes. Because I've been, people, we were trying to, I, I had some equipment go out on me at the last minute. You know what happens with things like this. And this man, he sat over here patiently while I was going in and out. And he didn't even know where I disappeared to for a while, but he stayed yeah. here. But at the same time, I did write a book called I Will Never Work With Corey Coleman Again. I did write that book. It's already out <laughs> on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> sending hard copies to all of your listeners and watchers. Hey, man, I think that book's been written a few times already. So. <laughs> so good luck trying to get that published. But thank you so much. And as I said, people, actor of television and the big screen, and a lot of you out there would know, a lot of our audience out there would know Gary Anthony Williams as, and you just heard the voice, Uncle Ruckus, legendary Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks. But this man has done so many other things. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, brother. It's uh, been, you know, I got a new cartoon coming out, so I've been on the PR train uh, just doing interviews for that and uh, recording another. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a little, I have another video camera that my son set up inside my booth so I can show you where I'm normally in there recording cameras, right? Recording right there is a live wow. view from my booth right now, a live view, Corey, from my booth. You, uh, that's, that's cool, man. I was going to ask you. Since you're doing a lot of voice work today, I know a lot yep. of people, they set up their booths at home and they record from yeah. home. Yeah, when COVID hit, I bought a new house. And the first thing I did was got a, this big booth that takes up one of my bedrooms. So I can't have guests. Look, if you're family <laughs> or friends and you're looking to come over, I can't. My ATM machine is in here. I, I can't have you coming over. But yeah, so I got yeah. a booth and got a really nice setup. So I record all 100% of my cartoons from home now. Nice. Oh, 
And I think yeah. a lot of people are starting to set up booths at home, whether they record or not, just to keep guests away. It sounds like yeah. it's a good way to keep people at your house. Yeah. There's some good dummy booths you can buy out there that cost you $4.25. <laughs> Looks like you actually have an actual live working booth in your house, but it's, it's cardboard, cardboard and mirrors. <laughs> hey, man, you are already a great person to talk to. This is, this is so much fun already. We haven't even gotten any questions yet, but... You, you know, I say actor of uh, the screen, the television, you're also doing a lot of voice work right now. As yeah. we have just established, you are, of course, the voice of Uncle Ruckus, but you've done so many other things. You know, so many, so many uh, TV shows where you've done voice work. I know Phineas and Ferb is one of them. What are some of the things that you've done? Uh, I, well, I got a, I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm going to go on the internet right now to see what I've done, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm tapping, I'm tapping into the internet to see what I've done. Uh, on Disney, like on the kids' world on Disney, I'm the voice of Mufasa for the uh, TV version of The Lion King called The Lion Guard. So I do James Earl Jones's character on there. Uh, but, dude, as far as cartoons go, it's just a crap load of them. On, on TV, right now, I'm, I recur on The Neighborhood, Cedric the mm -hmm. Entertainer's TV show. Uh, I'm on uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, which is an improv comedy show. Mm -hmm. uh, I just did an episode of Southside. If you've ever seen that show, it, it yeah, you know I think a that's uh, then that's a sign of success for you when you've done so much stuff. You got to go check your own IMDb. That's either a sign done. of success or just not paying attention. One or the other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't know what's success. Because it's actually a lot of things. It's either success, not paying attention, or you just hoeing yourself out. And I think you're successful, man. Yeah. Hey, man, you can do all of those things. <laughs> so yeah so yeah it, it's been good man i got a, a few new projects coming up there's uh marvel's moon girl and devil dinosaur this comes out on disney uh next week oh, oh look at you already playing a little clip of that i told you man i got you i do things on the fly you ready you I, set up i told you 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 recording this thing from the either the international space station or one of those chinese balloons floating over you recording from that <laughs> Well, Biden uh, ain't blow me up yet, so I'm not a balloon. <laughs> so yeah, um, got that coming out uh, next week. Uh, a new cartoon called Kiff coming out. Another one called Haley's on it that'll be out uh, very soon. So, and a, a really cool western by the same guy who did Black Dynamite uh, called Outlaw Johnny Black. Oh, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a, a, a black western. That'll be coming out. Black comedic action western. I was going to ask and, you if that was comedic, since it's from the people that do uh, Black Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, very comedic. Super, stupidly funny. A lot of action, a lot of gun play. You know, because it's the old west. Plus a lot of karate and fighting and horse riding and really fun stuff. And on top of that, writing a kids book right now that should be out at the end of this month, releasing it on Amazon. Nice, nice. You, you yeah. know, so you get to work with. Uh... You get to work with Michael Jai White then. Um, yeah, I, I did. Um, I did. I didn't do his movie Black Dynamite, but I did. There was a cartoon called Black Dynamite, so I started doing that with him uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, uh, then yeah, he brought me on to this movie, which was just stupid, stupid, stupid fun. It looks like fun, man. You yeah. know, I like a Western, first of all, but, you know, if you were to describe the, the humor in this, what kind of humor are we talking about? Are we talking about more Black Dynamite type humor? Are we talking about Blazing Saddles type humor? A little bit of, that's, you just literally nailed it. Like, it's kind of a mixture of both of those. 
Like it's got some real Western, real Western action in there, but uh, definitely kind of a Western movie spoof at gotcha. the same time. Where can we find that? Where, where, where will we be? Able uh, to it's that? not released yet. He's not released it yet. But mm-hmm. We uh, we definitely finished it. I saw the final product, so I'm not quite sure when he's going to release it. Uh, Michael Jai White does a million things all the time. And he's a multi-black belt in so many karate things. I don't question him on when he's releasing stuff. Because he'll hit you behind the head before you know it. (laughs) Yeah, he's an incredible guy, man. I interviewed him years ago when Black Dynamite was coming out. Loved Black Dynamite. So I I, I feel bad that I was not even aware of this. I I look forward to this very much. He's he's really, honestly, he's kept it quiet. Like, you can can see it on, you know, if you go to imdb.com and put it in, it'll put up a little preview kind of thing for you. But he's really kept it quiet, I think, until he's ready to release it. But he's just got some comedy greats up in this thing, man. It's 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 really a blast. Yeah, it looks it's like really, it. really, really funny. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah. this right now. Got your man from Karate Kid, Crowd uh, Krause, or whatever. Yeah. Man. Oh, dude, he's he's not messing around with the people he's got in there. No, it's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then it has you in it. So, hey, that's the big thing. And it's got right me. There. It's got me. You know, he lost a bet, so he had to put me in the movie. That's how it works. Hollywood works on bets. You lose a bet, you got to put the dude in your film. You I say he control. won, man. I say he won having you in there. You know, uh, yeah, let's let's there, let's go through some of the, uh, well, I, I'm sure all parts of your career highlights, but let's go through some of, your, some of the things that you've done. You know, and, I, and I do want to start out with the character of Uncle Ruckus, because a lot of our audience is very young. A lot of yeah. them grew up on the boondocks, uh, love the boondocks. And so, you know, uh, with this character... Now, I want to show a clip real quick, because I think that this is... Oh, good. Uh, I want to see this. Well, this is not even <laughs> Uncle Ruckus in animated oh. form. This is Uncle Ruckus in live-action form. This is you oh, hanging that. out with Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's talk. Oh, with Snoop, okay. Yeah. That I appreciate, yeah. Me too. He bring a slave ship back, right? He is. He got an underground railroad that he built to a studio down there in Atlanta, Georgia. Just running niggas in there. Running them in, make a shitty TV show, and then run them right back out of Oh, wow. Tyler Perry. That's one brilliant nigga. <laughs> Talking about Tyler Perry in that clip right Tyler there, Perry. man. Now, yeah, man. So, so uh, at one point, the creator of... Uh, of, of um, of the boondocks, Aaron Magruder was doing a live action Uncle Ruckus movie. So we were doing some fundraising for it. So he's like, let's let's get you a costume as Uncle Ruckus and have you out, you know, out there. So I went on, on Snoop's show. Actually in that same clip there's a rap battle that I had with Snoop. <laughs> a freestyle rap battle. And uh went to the NAACP Image Awards and crashed the NAACP Image NAACP Image Awards, which they did not let me tell you something. Color folks do not want a good white man like me. Coming up into their jugaboo <laughs> ceremonies talking about how it ain't nothing but a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> so uh they tried to kick me out at first, man, and then uh, somebody gave me the pass to get in. Then I got in and did the pass, and after that, it was like just on, like all night long, just walking around as Uncle Ruckus messing with people. It was beautiful. You know, after seeing this clip and knowing that on the Boondocks they had a Tyler Perry episode that I, for what I understand, Tyler Perry did not like. Was Has not that, appreciated. Yeah, not very much appreciated <laughs> at all. Has that 
Has that blacklisted you from being on any kind of uh, Tyler Perry project, hence moving forward? Uh, well, first of all, I ain't, I ain't light-skinned enough to be on one of his projects. <laughs> you could be a villain if you're dark-skinned. I could be a villain. I could be. <laughs> <laughs> then the light-skinned guy comes in and saves the day. No, you know what happened, man? I did a, um, I did a movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and we were both in that movie. That's right. But he ne he never related. Yeah, I played Bebop, this uh, dude who turns into a big warthog. Uh, and he played Baxter, who gave me the shot that turned me into this mutant. That's, but that's he, right. He never related that it was the same dude from uh, from the Boondocks. Who was yeah, there you are right there. And you're in a room yeah. with, with Tyler Perry, man. Yeah. Is yeah. that Tyler Perry that yeah. shot you? <laughs> yeah, Tyler Perry shot me. <laughs> Tyler Perry's <laughs> Gary Anthony Williams is the teenager. He's got to put that title on the top of everything. <laughs> Tyler Perry's Gary Anthony Williams. Tyler Perry's. Tyler Perry's everything. Tyler uh, Perry's Tyler Perry. Uh, <laughs> Dude owns an island. One that man, we were we were taking a break when we were shooting that movie. You know, I think it was Thanksgiving, maybe. No, it was Fourth of July. Yeah, I was like, so what are you doing? And he goes, he goes, um, I'm gonna take the kid down to the island. And then after that, he walks away and one of his assistants goes, you know, he's talking about his own island, right? He has wow. his own plane and his own island. Like, what are you saying? Yeah, Tyler Perry's got Tyler Perry money. I like the way the assistant came up. Like, you didn't even ask me. Just to let you know. Just in case yeah, just you decide let you to know, cross sir. this man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, when, so when you, when you were doing the voice of Uncle Ruckus at the time, uh, you know, Uncle Ruckus... Yeah. Now, if you don't know Uncle Ruckus, people, how and how would you describe, in your words, being Uncle, Uncle Ruckus, Ruckus yourself? Uncle Ruckus is a, well, a first of all, he is not a colored man. <laughs> he is a white man who <laughs> suffers from revitiligo. It's the opposite of what that damn Michael Jackson had. <laughs> when Michael Jackson kept getting white and white and white, I just kept getting black and black and black until I looked like a Negro. <laughs> uh, but in reality, Uncle Ruckus is a self loathing black dude hates black people with a passion claims he is not black uh that's who he is man he he is a hater of of the highest form so how and did you get he, the gig of being the most racist character one of the oh, most racist i, I hate characters black people i hate black people no i uh of course <laughs> no i uh honestly and i could go around the corner and grab some but before the cartoon ever came out, Boondocks was one of my favorite comics in the newspaper. I used to read that, that comic all the time. I had all of the books that Aaron Magruder had, had read, had written, I'm sorry. And uh, my agent called and said, hey, they're making a Boondocks cartoon. And she was about to tell me what it was like, like, oh, I know, I know the Boondocks. And she's like, so we're getting you an audition for it. And I said, I want to audition for every male character. So I did. I auditioned for Granddad. I auditioned for the, the two kids, Huey and Riley. I auditioned for everybody, the guy next door, Tom, like literally everyone. And then um, there was a new character named Uncle Ruckus. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in the room auditioning, like I'm there auditioning, Aaron's in the back of the room. He's just nodding as I audition. He's like, there's a new character. Try to look at this part, and he tells me who he is, and I was like, "Oh, I know this dude. I I grew up around this dude. Like, this was some of my daddy's <laughs> friends right here." So I started doing that voice in the room, and then I saw Aaron like perk up, and I I literally left that room going, 
I got that part. And like, that's rare. But I knew it because I knew it was a different, that's about a different voice. You ain't hearing this in no cartoon, no way. And it was, it was legitimate because it's like, it was somebody I understood. I grew up around. And Aaron funny. loves, uh, go ahead. Aaron loves improvisation. He uh -huh. likes improv. So I improv in the audition. Then when I got the job, there's a, the script said, in this part, Uncle Ruckus sings a song called uh, Don't Trust Them New Niggers Over There. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, where's the song? We were reading it. We had a reading at Fox. And he said, it hadn't been written yet. He's like, you can just skip that part if you just want to make something up in the room. So I made up this song called Don't, like in the room, you know, mm -hmm. improvised it. Don't Trust Them New Niggers Over There. I made up the lyrics to it. Wow. And then when it came time to record the episode, I was like, where are the lyrics? They said, oh, we just took your old lyrics that you made up in the room <laughs> and we're just gonna, gonna sing that. And that's what they did. Then they had a musician come in and orchestrate behind the lyrics I had created. That's, so he let me improvise a lot on that show. That's though. really cool because one, that's one of the things that people remember from that show, that song that Uncle Ruckus sings. Yeah. And let me tell you something. You said you auditioned, you, are, you yeah. would have auditioned for any of these characters Apparently, you were heavily respected on the set, and a lot of people said that you could have voiced any of those characters. I wasn't going to well, play this clip, but I got this clip right now where everybody's just pretty much kissing your ass talking about... They don't. He, they he, don't. I, I, Again, they owed me money. Oh, is that what you paid them to say all this? Okay. No, no, they owed me. Oh, they owed you. All right. <laughs> well, let's, you, they must owe you a lot then because they were praising you, man. Is the most talented of all of us. He could, he could play all the characters. I mean, he, he really can. That's one of the funniest men I I know. He's just a, I mean, a genius. Wow, all the characters, genius man. Well, how much you pay these people? Uh, again, they owed me. I know <laughs> secrets on them. Okay. <laughs> uh, Regina King, I could run out of town at any time. Uh, Cedric Yarbrough, I could own his home right now if I so chose, and his mother's home. <laughs> But uh, as long as you keep saying positive stuff out, out there. No, dude, like, that whole cast is ridiculously talented. talented. I mean, the fact that Regina King does both of those boys' voices, mm -hmm. and she doesn't do like, okay, I'm going to record all of Huey now, then later let's go back and record all of Riley. It's like back to back, them having arguments with each other she's doing. Like, she's, yeah. She was brilliant in that role, man. Uh, brilliant. What happened with the, with the reboot? That was going to be on HBO. I, I think I can fully talk now. I think, you know, for a while we kind of had a little gag order where we were supposed to shut your holes, but I think we can talk about it. So there were two, uh, two sources behind it, making it, um, HBO Max and Sony. And one of the, one of the uh, sources felt like it was taking too long. Like I, I had already recorded eight episodes of it mm. uh, as Uncle Ruckus. I'd done eight episodes. Uh, but they decided they weren't going to make it. Uh, they thought it was taking uh, too long uh, to get made. But it's it's a big process. I mean, anybody who knows animation knows I can record something today and it won't be out for for at least a year. Yeah, yeah. Usually cartoons take a year. Yeah. And they were doing some fascinating, like they had changed up some of the animation style. So it was a beautiful kind of thing. But... It was taking too long for one of them, and so it got canned. Even after you know, John Witherspoon died, they were still going to figure out how to do his you know, character, but still make the cartoon. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's too you bad, know, man. I mean, ain't it happening in Hollywood? Uh, yeah, I think I guess that's a regular thing. I guess there's no hope of this ever getting rebooted to do the reboot. I would not say that because, you know, we made some episodes and then a few years later we came back and did more episodes. And then, you know, a few years later they came back and asked for more. So, like, I would never say with this show there's no chance of it getting rebooted. That's not me saying I know something that you don't know, but it keeps popping up. And, like, the times we live in, the times we live in, people still want to see more of that cartoon. So I never say never on that one. Well, moving on to a different project, one that's coming up. Next week, I believe, and you already mentioned it. And this is a this is a Marvel project, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, that we yeah. see right here. You you play the voice of Pops. Pops. Yeah, Lafayette. that guy right there. Yeah, yeah. I play uh, I play her granddad. Uh, so it's basically about the Lower East Side, New York, and this family who lives there. And my granddaughter Lunella is this little black thirteen year old, super smart, one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. Um, genius who uh, accidentally releases this big dinosaur into Lower East Side, New York, who becomes <laughs> her buddy, and she is a crime fighter. As they say, nobody in the Avengers comes to the Lower East Side, so it's up to <laughs> like somebody from there. Yeah. So she's a crime fighter in the Lower East Side, and I get I get the joy of playing playing her granddad in that. Who basically it's about family and community and keeps the family together. Dude, the music is dope. Raphael Sadiq. Look him up if you don't know him. Oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, Raphael Sadiq. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. So he's uh he's uh the music, the big music guy in here, and the music he's created is dope with the capital D, man. And it's all it, they they really keep it legit, man. They keep the look of this thing like gritty. Uh, it's, it, 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 it will kind of remind you of Spider Man into the Spider Verse, if you yeah. Know, but it's very gritty. A lot of like Basquiat art in the background and just dope music. It's fantastic. So, man, I can't wait to see this. I, I'm gonna yeah. actually review this, man. I'm a, I wasn't, you know, I was, I heard about it. I don't know anything too much about the character, but after seeing the style and after hearing what you're saying about the music and everything, I'm really excited yeah. about this now, man. And it's a black, it's, it's truly multicultural, man. Like, uh, Diamond is a girl named Diamond who plays the lead of it. She's fantastic. Fantastic voice actress. Uh, Lee Bay plays her 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 best buddy, Lee Bay Barrera, and she's uh, Latino and she's Jewish. That little girl right there. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nobody's quicker, by the way, on the stuff you're doing than you are, man. Uh, <laughs> but she, so this little uh, she's she's this little Latina Jewish chick is her sidekick, and then the family is black, and it's set in this multicultural uh, little part of the Lower East Side, and. You know, it's fantastic. Like the entire writers' room right now are all female, so like they're re- when they say they're representing, they really are representing everybody in this show. It's 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 great. It's like nothing you will have seen or heard before. The animation style. Well, you definitely sold me on it, man. And how racist yeah. is Grandpa? No, that's the sad <laughs> part. He's not racist at all. Oh, okay. I don't know how come he ain't racist. <laughs> on them roller skates, you know he's just going to use them roller skates to do drive-by. Just roll by. I look at him. <laughs> you, you're like, I don't even say anything, man. I just sit back to see what you're going to say next because you are so, you're so quick, man. And, you know, I, I, I imagine that a lot of this comes from your background in, uh, in improv- improvisation. You actually, 
you were part of one of the biggest impro improvisational troops in Atlanta at one time, right? I was, yeah. I grew up with a group called Laughing Matters. I mean, not grew up, but uh, I used to go watch them all the time, dude. I, I was just fascinated by their improv comedy. And uh, one day, a buddy of mine, Vince Tortorici, he, uh, I used to do Shakespeare with him in Atlanta, man. And he's like, hey, uh, does it, does, they need a player in this group tonight. And I'd never done improv in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I met these guys like literally on the street before the show. And they trusted this guy enough to go, yeah, you can get on stage with us. And they were the show. Like they were the biggest show. Mm -hmm. So I did that show with them that night and they just kept inviting me back. And once they realized I wasn't a serial killer or a stalker, <laughs> they invited me into the show. But let me just say this about improv and kind of a lesson for younger people. <laughs> uh, if younger people want lessons anymore. Uh, yeah. Years before that, I was in this little junior college called Clayton's. It was called Clayton Junior College then. Now it's a four year school. So I was in this school, a guy from in, in Clayton County, Georgia, south of Atlanta, a guy from the big city of Atlanta comes down to teach a one day improv class. I take his one day improv class. He pulls me aside after the class and he says, improv is not for you. You shouldn't do this. Like somebody tells me that, you know, flat to my face, which mm -hmm. makes me just go, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> like, I don't believe in anybody telling me anything like that. Like, whatever, dude. And so the next year, I was working professionally in Atlanta on stage, like, literally with that guy. And then I started doing improv, getting paid for it, and more importantly, having fun doing it. And now I'm on Whose Line Is It Anyway, that improv TV show. And I, last year, I spent, yep, there, hey, there I am. Yeah, you are. And last year, I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of days on the road with them touring all around this great country of ours, mm -hmm. bringing improv to the people, mostly white people, but to the people. <laughs> well, I'm sure the white people and everybody else loved it because you're great at it. I'm going to pop up this clip real quick that we just showed right here of who's, oh, lining okay. in, uh, who's lining is in anyway, just to show people how great you are at improv. I mean, you're pretty much upstaging uh, uh, Wayne Brady no, right no, here. No, 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 no. We and, share on that one. Nobody's upstaging. Okay, no, I'm saying at this moment. Now, I'm sure it goes back oh, and okay. forth. But at All this right, moment, okay, fair, fair. You got him at this moment. Okay. All right, baby. So Yes, I'll forgive me, Cass. All right, now. I said, you better listen to me. You may smell something funky, but it ain't no pine tree. I don't think you heard me. Maybe you need to hear it. Come on, baby. It ain't no pine tree. Hang it from the back of my funky mirror. Sing it, Pete. I paid a fool. Well, you we don't clean out his car. It ain't cool. It ain't cool. Huh. It don't clean out your car. Uh, I had a car, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> y'all y'all are great together man and you are it's great. so fun I, I can see you having fun both of y'all man everybody's having fun i gotta i gotta ask you were you always that fast thinking and quick-witted were you the guy who was always the I, life of the party because you just knew what to say at all the right times my i wouldn't say life of the party as i was describing to my son the other day my son has my son is a computer guy and so like um very dry sense of humor and and he will make he will crack a joke and people have no idea that he's screwing with them mm -hmm. and i used to tell him all the time people used to look at me like like one of those dogs trying to like a high-pitched noise is playing. like <laughs> what, what's what's happening i was like dude don't worry about that sooner or later they'll catch up to you so i've always been 
a jokester, I guess. But my whole family has been, man. I'm, I may be the least funny person in my family. I'm just the only one who moved out to L.A. to make a living doing it, you know. But, uh, yeah, I've always, I've always made stuff up or always rhymed. Like, rhymes just come to me. Poetry, rhyme, rap, hip-hop. Like, that stuff has always been just very natural. Yeah. yeah, I'm seeing how that is when you t- you're talking about how you wrote the song for Uncle Ruckus, you know, those new niggas over there, and then you yeah. think of the stuff on the fly right here. I mean, that's yeah. that's incredible, man. That's that's. No, it's, it's, it, but, you know, man, everybody's got something they can do. That just happens to be the thing that I can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's plenty of, I cannot do half of what my son can do or half of what my girlfriend can do, but I can do the thing I can do uh, that I happen to love. Um so but yeah, it's it's a blast, man. So if there was a freestyle battle going on, you you do all right. Let me tell you what, and this goes out to Drake right now. <laughs> and you think I'm joking? I would freestyle Drake under a table. Okay, Drake, do you hear me? Drake is on, man. It's out there now. Yeah, and this is not a joke. There's a cup. There's a couple of people I couldn't beat. A couple, but most of these people. I'm, I'm, hey, listen, he ain't joking. I'm pretty proud to say if it pops off from here, it happened here. I, yeah. I would love yeah. to say that this is the launch pad of the Drake versus, I don't versus want, Garrett you, freestyle battle. Corey, you let Drake know. I don't want him coming in with none of this new freestyle battle stuff where he's saying, oh, we got these pre-written verses. We're going, no, no, no. We ain't doing nothing pre-written. Yeah. This is all off the dome, Drake. Well, after seeing. If you seeing... don't know where I'm at, call Corey <laughs> Coleman. Everybody has his phone number. There you go. Drake, call me, man. You know we've been talking anyway. Hey, listen, uh, you look great, man. And and I hope this isn't a sensitive topic right here, but you went from 365 pounds at one time to what, what are you now? I, in reality, I probably went from about 380 pounds to like right at 200, 200 a little under sometimes, a little mm-hmm. over sometimes. So I probably lost. I lost between like 160, 180 pounds. No, it's not sensitive at all. Um, I was married at the time, and my ex, they thought she had uh, celiac disease, so she went off of wheat. So I was like, I'll just go off it with you, um, just so, you know, it's easier in the house. There's not a lot of bread and stuff around. And then I went off of it. And I stopped doing bread and pasta, and then, like, suddenly I had energy in the middle of the day, and then... After that, the weight just started coming off, but then I went off of most carbs. You know, I still do some stuff, but no bread really, no rice, uh, mm. no pasta. I'll do sweet potatoes, but not white potatoes. And I never add sugar like, to anything, and that was it. I know, you know, I didn't do any surgery. And by the way, if anybody out there is obese, uh, don't think I'm saying there's any shame in a surgery. Like, weight loss for many people is ridiculously hard. I was heavy all my life. Uh, and it just happened that I found my enemy, which was white stuff. So I went on this diet that I created myself called white is evil. And I just <laughs> stopped eating that stuff, man. And then the weight just came off. Well, Uncle Ruckus would hate it to hear you say that, man. He don't like that. Uh, yeah. White is evil. I know. White is not evil. White is not evil. White is, white is as good as you can possibly get. Look at all the beautiful things in the world that are white. Snow is white. And what would you be without snow? You wouldn't be nowhere. Everything beautiful is white. 
Hey, listen. Home Depot. Man, I, you know what? I, I I don't even want to do the interview. I just want to sit up here and just listen to you, man. If I didn't have if I didn't have to ask questions, I would not. I would just sit up here and just listen to you like I'm listening to a comedy podcast. Nobody needs man. to hear too much of Uncle Ruckus, man. I'm talking about you. Not even you Uncle break. Ruckus, just you oh. doing anything. You know, you again, you're very fast, man. Um, yeah. All right. You know what? I have maybe the weight loss was not a sensitive subject here but th- this might be so just prep yourself right here let's All talk right. let, let, let's talk about soul plane and yeah <laughs> <laughs> now from the moment that this movie debuted it has been criticized by some saying it is negative it's, yeah. it's, it's negative stereotypes reflect poorly on black people uh you 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 might have caught a little extra flack from this because yeah. Being yeah. a, a, a you know being a, a straight man playing yeah. a negative gay stereotype uh, yeah. That's, yeah. so you know, I don't know about how negative but definitely a very flamboyant stereotype okay not okay not sure. negative but very yeah. very again very stereotypical yeah. you know yes yes Thank, I, I'm gonna take everything as a compliment <laughs> yes no, I, you I, know I, what uh, <laughs> many funny things about this role I think it was actually written for. Smiley, I believe. Ricky Smiley, I believe. I I think so. I think it was. And I think, you know, for some reason, he didn't want to do it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wonder why. I believe it was. So, dude, I go in, I I get the role. And for me, it was just like, just stupid fun playing this big, broad, stupid character. I get the role and you just play the scene where we're dancing, singing, I'm a survivor. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the first day I'm at dance rehearsal with Angel Conwell and Sophia Vergara, starting dance rehearsal, and they say, oh, hey, you're shooting today. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I had two weeks of dance rehearsal before I was supposed to start shooting. They were like, oh, oh, you're going to be shooting a scene in the bathroom um, with D.L. Hughley. And I was like, I haven't learned any lines. They were like, oh, don't worry about it. You can just make it up or we'll write something for you. And that was when I went, oh, that's the kind of movie I'm on. Like, I'm I'm two weeks early. I hadn't even had a costume fitting yet. I'm two weeks early and they're going, you're going to be shooting later today. So that was the kind of movie it was, man. But I got to tell you, it was fun every freaking day. Like working with Snoop on that thing. And it was one of those movies you couldn't tell how good or how bad it was. Yeah. It was just it was just fun. And I will tell you, and John Witherspoon was in it. This was before yeah. both of us were on uh, the Boondocks together. We we actually on the Boondocks did an episode about Soul Plane. I, uh, I yes, I, I remember that actually. Yeah, yeah I actually so, uh, so we were we were doing we did that. We did that thing like it was it was literally just a fun time. So one time before the movie comes out, Witherspoon called me like, Gabriel, I was just traveling. I think he was in Kansas or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm getting off the plane and a man came up to me and asked me, told me he'd just seen my movie and asked me if I want a copy of my movie. It's like, what movie are you talking about? He's like, Soul Plane. Like Soul Plane came out in people's homes. At the time, it was the most bootleg movie in history <laughs> it was out my family had a copy of it uh that was written 
on the label of it, soil plain. Uh, they they uh, had the copy, misspelled, and uh, and I gotta say that the copy they had of it was a better copy than the one that came out in the movie theater. Yeah. Like, <laughs> somebody did some great editing on it, man. So it was the single most bootleg movie. And then who was it that ripped it apart? Was it Chris Rock? Yeah. At the Emmys? Yeah. yeah. And that's when it really got laughed at like crazy. But let me tell you right now, on DVD and on pay-per-view, that movie still makes ridiculous bank. It is unbelievable. Oh, I believe it. I still get residuals from that movie to this day. Nice. One time I was... One time I was in, uh, like, Crenshaw or something in L.A. I run in to get something, and this black chick is working in there, and she goes, oh, you that man from Soul Plane? It's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, let me ask you. She's like, that's my favorite movie. And I was like, you don't have to say that. She no, no, it's my favorite movie. I was like, please don't. You don't have to say that just because I'm in here. She goes, hold on. She called a friend of hers. I don't remember her friend's name. Let's just pretend it was Cheryl. And she just... <laughs> Hands me the phone. She goes, Cheryl, what is my favorite movie that I watch every Friday? And the girl on the other line goes, Soul Plane. So, like, this was her favorite film. And then she goes, let me ask you something. Is you gay? And I was like, no, I'm not gay. My son's out in the car and my wife's out in the car. She goes, I knew it. I won $50. Like, she had bet this girl $50. <laughs> I like that she has it on a schedule. Every Friday. Each, every, like literally every Friday, according to her friend, she watched that movie every Friday. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's every Friday okay. is Soul Plane Friday. Like people have it's Taco Soul Tuesday, Friday. she got Soul Plane Friday. Yeah. yeah. Nice, man. Oh, yeah. Apparently it had, it had an audience. It got picked on like crazy. I caught some flack, but in in, in weird ways, like, most of the gay people freaking love flame really but people who stand up for gay people especially then when uh, we're not i went to atlanta one time i was at this laundromat i was there for mm -hmm. like a long time uh, visiting family and shooting something so i'm with this laundromat to do clothes and this black dude comes in he goes mm, mm, mm. flame <laughs> i was like yeah he goes i hate you like, look, I'm sorry, man. He goes, uh-uh. I hate you because I can't wear my purple lip gloss no more. <laughs> now my nephews just call me flame. They don't even call me by my name no more. So <laughs> it, it actually got a lot of love from the gay community, believe it or not, back then. Right now, they would rip me apart and put my head on a stick probably, and rightfully so. But uh, back then, it got a lot of love from the gay community. Well, the times have changed. And you caught it just in time to become a gay icon, man. So, hey, yes, listen. thank goodness. It worked out for everybody in the end, right? Yes. Yeah. Now I'm a, you know, now I'm the straightest spokesman for gay people all around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about how, you know, at the time it was a, it was a different time and it, it, would be, it would be taken differently today. I mean, but, mm -hmm. you know, it just goes to show how many characters of range that you've played yep. over time. You know, I, I look at a lot of these characters that you have played that I, you know, I, I, you've done so much and I'm like, oh, that's right, you were in that, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. You yeah, were... that, was, uh, that was one of the first things I booked when I moved to LA. I, I did uh, this kid show called The Amanda Show. Mm -hmm. And then that first year I was out here, uh, I got an audition for Malcolm in the Middle to play like a waiter or something like that. 
And uh, so I go in, and nobody had ever seen a script like Malcolm in the Middle because it, it wasn't, there's was no laugh track. So you couldn't tell if mm -hmm. it was really funny or what the deal. And we were all sitting around like, wait, is, this looks funny, but is this supposed to be a comedy? Because it's written funny. So I auditioned for this waiter, and then they were like, my agent's called, it's like, hey, they didn't give you that job, but there's a kid they're bringing on the show, and they need a dad for them, so they think they're going to want you for that. So I went back and auditioned for the dad. Yeah. Uh, got that role, and then uh, through that, I became Brian Cranston on the show, his best buddy on the show. Yeah, yeah. And what they did on that show, dude, was brilliant. So Brian Cranston, the, the Swipe family, I become his best buddy. <laughs> And then all of his buddies down there after that were friends of mine. So all of his friends were all black guys. So we would all <laughs> sit around, you know, playing, playing poker with each other and whatever else. But it was great. They made all his buddies black on that show. He didn't have any, like, white male friends. Uh, you all know, black. I'm trying to remember. Did, was that a thing, a running joke on there that all his friends were black? They, they only mentioned it once because his mother or mother-in-law was a horrible racist. <laughs> on the show and she hated us except for one guy who was light-skinned who goes you could pass <laughs> but the rest of us so there's this one episode where we all try to break her down like try to scare her as black men try to scare her off you know uh but that was the only time they ever even brought up race in fact they faked it out one time where i'm having a fight with brian cranston's character and it looks like he's about to say I know, you know, you don't want me playing with your friends. I know why you don't want me there with your friends. You don't want me there with your friends because I'm the only one who's not a professional. Professional. You're all dentists and lawyers and doctors, and I'm not. Like, but it looked like it was about to be a racist, racist yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those things like, don't address it. Just let him have black buddies, and that's it. That's cool, man. I mean, and of course, this is Brian Cranston at the time before he was Brian Cranston, before he was Walter White. You know, yeah. uh, and still one of the coolest. I can tell you two things that Brian Cranston has done that are just beyond, man. One was a buddy of mine who I won't name married this supermodel from some other country. They had a baby. The girl so stole the baby and took it back to her country. My buddy calls me and goes, you know, Brian Cranston? I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, he works with this group that helps dad get their children back. And I was like, what? He does? Like, yeah. So <laughs> so I got in, him in touch with Brian, and they got the, the child back. Wow. Like, he helped this guy get his kid back, who had been taken to a different country. And the other one was this girl I know, um, her dad. Her dad's name is Scott Parkin. She's this amazing young artist, younger at the time. And she had drawn this picture of Walter White. And I just sent it to Brian, like, dude, look at this look at this amazing picture this young girl did of you and he's put he's like what's her name what's her instagram and he blew her spot up in the best way like he was like hey this young artist miranda parker did this thing of me she's only blankety blank years old and i just think it's amazing and like he had no reason to like throw wow. her that much beauty and he just did nice. he's like one of the kindest, funniest human beings you will ever, ever, ever meet. Like, just genuinely a nice guy. So he still you, lives like a regular dude. It's, it's great to see. You uh, keep up with him at all? You two ever talk? Yeah, we see. Uh, yeah, 
we live we used to live in the same neighborhood and i still go hiking in our old neighborhood so i see him just randomly i probably saw him about a month and a half maybe two months ago now mm-hmm. um but yeah we do like we'll email each other back and forth we went up to comic-con we were on a cartoon together so we hung out in new york together for what was the cartoon that one was called super mansion we were oh, both okay. superheroes and uh this weird mansion. Well, you've, uh, you know, you played that dad, and I'm just looking at the, again talking about the range. You played that dad. You were also uh, again in uh, speaking of your range here. You were, you were in uh, Undercover Brother uh, as a smart uh, brother. Smart brother. Yeah, smart brother. Yeah. Now the funny thing yeah. is, so we looked at you as the dad of Malcolm in the Middle. Here you are, smart brother, undercover brother. You, you know, two very nerdy roles. But then I'm looking at, uh, you play some shady characters too. And this is why, listen, I want to, I, I just want to, I want to, I, I want to give you a hard time about something. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm going to mess with you Please. about something. So Please. in the heat of the night, you played a, a crack dealer, I think. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Hard. So you got that pistol right there. Got that heat. Yeah. Yeah, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> But I played when I lived in Atlanta. Uh-huh. I played a lot of like it's that typical black thing, drug dealers. Uh, I played one dude who was not only going to rape Marky Post, but I was going to rape her child. I was just that bad, man. Wow. I in the end I didn't have the heart, so I just beat her car up with a baseball bat. <laughs> but it was always that kind of. Oh, what white person am I chasing this week? It was always like playing these bad characters. And then even when I moved to LA, like I think it was a show called Beyond Belief. I was just this badass. That's dude. the one. That man, I gotta mess yeah. with you about that. Listen, let me show people this clip right here. That dumb clip. This is this this is just <laughs> this is just stupid, all right? <laughs> look at look at this. Dumb. Come on, man. I gotta I gotta get home. Uh. You want this ball? You want that ball, huh? Maybe I'll sell it to you. How much you got? Come on, man, I really gotta get home. Now, won't you just empty out your pocket? <laughs> and we'll see how much this ball is worth to you. Don't make me ask twice. Or I'll tell you what, while you thinking about it, why don't we see if I can't catch that ball with my knife? Yeah. What you say? Come on, bring it yeah. on, man. Bring it on. Ooh. What up? We got some kind of problem over here? No. And then you became a bitch. <laughs> Real became, quick. Uh, Real quick. Then I ran. I put my knife away and ran away. <laughs> now I gotta ask you, what is your what is your grown ass doing on the playground hey. messing with these kids? Hey, let me ask you a question. How about if I catch that ball with my knife? Hey man, I Dumb. I, 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 I gotta get Dumb. home, man. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> I love this clip, but this clip cracks me up, man. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so this is beyond belief. What, in fact or fiction? Is that the... Yeah. yeah. It turns out that story was a true story. Was fact. Yes. See that big dude who shows up there? He was a basketball player. They called him Seven Footer. And according to the real story, the kid was like, the next day, he was like, hey, man, thanks for saving me yesterday from those two dudes. And Seven Footer was like, yesterday? I wasn't here yesterday. Wait a minute. He's dead? 
That's a ghost. He was just not there. It was like, what do you mean? He's like, I can't, I promise you, I was nowhere near this place yesterday. But he was like his guardian angel kind of dude, apparently. That ain't no fact, man. That's a lie. I ain't buying it one bit. How about I catch your microphone? I'm oh, sorry. With this dude. night. You're right, man. You're right. <laughs> I, be- I believe, man. I got dude, that, that was, first of all, it helped me pay some bills. But dumb. So dumb. And usually those bad characters are hard. In fact, right now, I, I have to do this. Say, uh, So I do this improv show that everybody needs to see. It's called The Black Version. Mm-hmm. It's an all-black improv comedy troupe. The audience gives us a typically white movie, and then we improvise the black <laughs> version of that movie. But it is that, because it, it's based on that fact of all of the dumb characters that black people have been playing and had to play. You know, it's better now, but like all of those, you know, stupid characters, but now we just make every movie black. So You make every character that character there. Every, no, no. Because, you know, you're a black scientist. There's black scientists out in this world. Oh, okay. So there's a there's a smart brother in there somewhere, too? There can always uh, be, but every because the audience chooses which movie we're doing. The audience uh, chooses the name of the movies. They rename all the characters. A lot of music in it. So it's the black version, which is theblackversion.com, but we do it here in LA, but we're about to go to New York and do a bunch of shows uh, nice. in March. Yeah, nice. You no, know, in February. Sorry, in February. Okay, what February? What? Uh, I'll look it up, uh, but it's the end of February. I'm going to look it up right now on my fancy. You can tell phone. people how to go see that. Hey, uh, yeah, that was going to be my last question. Actually, you might have just answered because I was going to say, you know how how have the roles you've taken and been offered differed over the years? I mean, you've come a long way from, you know, grown ass man on the playground with a knife threatening kids, yeah. you know? No, I still do that in my spare time. So by the way, <laughs> we're in a, we're going to be up there somewhere around February 23rd, 24th, 25th, somewhere okay. around that. Nice. At uh, the midnight theater. So if you go to the black version, version, V E R S I O N.com, you can see it. The but black- how roles change, man, it's, First of all, I actually love variety. I like being able to play different things. I mean, I've played lawyers. I've done a few doctor things. I've done, like, you know, sneaky, not cool people. On Boston Legal, I was a a guy who was a lawyer, a straight dude. But when he was nervous, he came to work as a woman. I saw um, that. I mean, I saw that picture. Well, you did you have on like a red kind of wig or something? Did... Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah. When I first yeah. got the job, though, it was it was weird. It was like they, they the guy just hired me. The guy who created the show, David E. Kelly, just hired me. I was like, where did he see me on there? Like, we don't know, but he's offering you this role. It was just for one episode. Mm-hmm. But he liked writing for the character so much, he made me a series regular on the show because it was a fun character. I nice. came into the office. I wanted to sue my boss because he wouldn't give me maternity leave so I could go <laughs> have my baby. Just as a woman, they were like, wait, you're, you're a dude, right? So, but then, so people thought he was gay at first, but then I, I started dating one of the girls on the show. Like, no, he, he's straight. He just has this weird thing where he gets nervous and he dresses like a woman. So on that show, I got to play the female character, which was Clarice and her brother, Clarence which was my regular personality. There we and then go. sometimes I would play this badass dude named Clavant. 
who was like another brother of theirs who was just like didn't take no shit from people. That's the girl who played my uh, girlfriend right there that you just had. They're right on. there. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and, and I so, have your, uh, I got your show up too. Are you the page? I think this is the page. Uh, the black version. You guys got a show at the Groundlings Theater coming up. Yeah, we do the, the Groundlings Theater. So one, so in that show is me, uh, Jordan Black, who used to write for Saturday Night Live. He now <laughs> writes for The Wonder Years. Uh, Danielle Gaither, who was on Mad TV. Phil Lamar, who's on Mad TV. He mm -hmm. was also in um, Pulp Fiction back in the day. Yeah. Cedric Yarbrough, who was on Reno 911. He's got a brand new TiVo, TV show coming out uh, um, this month. Uh, this month or March. And then uh, Naima Funk, who uh, does a lot of Key and Peel. Nice. Uh, did a lot of Key and Peel, but she does a lot of other stuff. Very uh, nice. In fact, Key and Peel both were uh, in that cast until their TV show sold. Cool, uh, man. So it's a great show, dude. It is a great, like, I recommend, it is, out of all the improv shows I do, it is the single most fun improv show that I have ever done. Like, dope music, improvised music. Drake, if you want to come, <laughs> uh, please, please show up. He knows where to find you, so he has no excuse now. Yes, you know where to find me, Drake. <laughs> you can find him February 27th at 8 p.m., Drake, over at the Groundlings Theater. If you yeah, and if you're in New York the weekend before that, you can find me in New York. If you ain't no punk, that is. So that yeah, I'm know. not. You know, I'm not going to threaten him, but I certainly would like the chance, the opportunity. And again, <laughs> none of this pre-written. I hope people know this. Like back in the day, rap battles were all off the dome, but now they pre-write their verses. We're not doing that. No, no, not doing any pre-writing stuff. We're no, just going to get it and go. Real talent from the heart, right there. Hey, you are a busy person, man. I don't even know how you had time to do this interview, but I do thank you for taking the time to do it, especially since it took me so damn long to get this together. Thank you again for your patience. It was embarrassing how long that took you. No, I, didn't, I, was, I, was, I was appropriately embarrassed, man. You know, so yeah, I, I, I deserve that. And, you know, thank God that this interview went so well. The, the, the embarrassment was worth it. Thank you so hey. much. Thank you. Hey, let me just plug this real quick before we go. Yes, so sir. on Instagram, if you want to follow then, especially with the new cartoons coming up uh, at at Gary, a at Gary Anthony Williams uh, on Instagram. And then, uh, a, like I said, a new kids book that we're putting out uh, called Billy T. Smug. It's also Billy B-I-L-L-Y-T-S-M-U-G on Instagram. So we'll be putting out updates of when that's coming out and a series of kids books we're doing but this is the first little one coming up nice very nice so do, do, wait yeah. did you say a date when that book would be out it'll be uh later this month in february oh we're about okay to put it up we're putting it up on amazon as a digital book first and then we'll put it out uh either paperback or hardback after that oh so did you do it in the art or did you hire an artist uh my uh my buddy robin fuqua is doing all the art on it so I, I do the writing, and she does, she does all the artwork. Well, man, congratulations on everything. Like I said, I don't know how you fit it all in. don't know how you do it, but you, but you do. That's how great you I are. Wish, I wish I knew how to do cocaine. I would do that, but I don't, I, I don't know how to. So I just have to use it. Wow. Use natural energy to do it. Man. Funny. No I don't want to say anything because I mm -hmm. thought cocaine was the reason why you were doing all of this. But that, that's what you would normally think. <laughs> that's why the cocaine industry hired me to be yeah. their spokesperson. <laughs> well, but I don't do cocaine. <laughs> Forgive me and my cocaine prejudice, man. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> 
Wow. Imagine if you did, though, man, uh, what your product, no. productivity would be like. I, I tell everybody, like, if you ever see me trying to do cocaine, knock it out of my hand and then call my family. But so, and in the words that, of Uncle that, Ruckus, it, but it's so pure and white. Look here, look here. I will admit. I will admit that, first of all, first of all, every Negro does drugs anyway. But if you live a cheaper drug. You you can do the crack cocaine if you want to, but leave the pure white cocaine for the white man. His brain is the only one that can handle that pure cocaine. But y'all y'all need to get y'all just some old school stinking weed, or get some of that old crack cocaine that somebody probably made by scraping some off the bottom of their shoe. But leave the good stuff for the white man. Uncle oh, Russell, oh, hey man. <laughs> Wise words to leave by right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. And you quick on them keys looking stuff up, man. So I thought you had like a little monkey or something under your shirt. Oh, the only monkey like is me. This. So, hey. Oh, well, that sounds like some uncle. Hey, <laughs> he would be proud. Oh, You're well. probably pushing buttons with your tail. Your monkey. <laughs> well, I might be quick with these buttons, but you were quick with everything else, including your humor and your talent. And, you know, I, I, I spent this time with you was amazing, man. It was so much fun. You had me laughing. My stomach is actually hurting with this right now. My so pleasure, brother. You. Honestly, my pleasure. Glad, glad People, to talk with you. Gary Anthony Williams, you can see his next project coming up next week, I believe. Moon Girl, and Devil, Moon Dinosaur. Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. Check it out. It looks great. I will definitely be watching that. And once again. Yeah, if you don't watch that, you're racist. I don't yes. know how else to tell y'all. If you don't watch it, you're a racist. I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's just simple. And I don't care what color you are. The only people not watching this show are racist. You hear that? You're either a racist God, or Marvel's going to fire me. Lawrence <laughs> no. Fishburne. By the way, Lawrence Fishburne is producing this. Oh, so Lawrence huh. is going to call me. Oh, yeah. Dude, this, this, you don't understand the power behind this great cartoon. He's going to call me and say, you had a good run. You're done now, Gary. You're done. Oh, or you might have just actually scared a bunch of white people into watch, watching this show. So, hey. <laughs> yes! Hey, Fear! Mission accomplished, man. So, <laughs> Gary, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, it. Appreciate it. See you later. Bye-bye. Ciao. And there he goes. Bye! There he goes. Oh, there he goes, y'all. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gary Anthony Williams, for that wonderful interview. Very funny guy, as you can see in here. I want to tell you that. And again, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Damn, Devil Dinosaur. It's coming out very soon. Hey, for some of you watching this, it might already be out. And also check out Gary's other work. He has a long, long history of great works that he's done man he's a, a lot of a lot of stuff in movies and television go check out his stuff and check out our interviews here on double toasted double toasted interviews uh, i'll let the editor put that in i not mind. you know i should always have this ready but he really is a great guy man i was sitting up here trying to get stuff together and it is embarrassing something happened with the camera on my computer uh don't, i don't want to get into details and whatnot but everything froze and I got to get a new laptop, probably. Everything froze. Couldn't get it up. I tried to tell him, you don't have to do this interview today because I've taken up enough of your time. He said, nah, take your time. I'll be here. And he 
I'm talking about like 15 minutes of me just being gone, trying to figure out this stuff. And he waited, man. So really good guy, really good guy. And I'm so glad that he did wait because I don't know about you, but I thought that that was a great interview. And again, not because of me, but because we had somebody who is so amazing on here to talk to us. Really very funny guy. I don't know how that guy thinks so quickly. And I want that Drake, Gary Anthony Williams uh, freestyle battle. If I can make that happen, I'll quit today. I'm done. I've already, I don't think I'm going to achieve anything greater than that. So go to Double Toasted Interviews, as you see right here. Have a lot of interviews with actors, directors, artists, animators, internet personalities, so many creatives that come in here and talk to us, and you will learn something guaranteed every time you watch one of these. All right, folks, that is that. Thank you so much. Had a great time, and we will see you on the next one. Kcoolmans at gmail.com is where you're going to email us. Why? Because I'm sure you have questions, comments, compliments, insults, input, and our advice. Also, check us out on our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Patreon, all that good stuff. Type in Double Toasted. Or type in all that information that you see right there, but just type in Double Toasted. I'm sure it's going to take you exactly where you need to be. And if some of you find yourself here in Austin, Texas, I want you to do me a favor. I know you. the first thing you're going to do, first thing you're going to do is go to the bathroom. But the second thing you're going to do is you're going to talk to us. Can you hang out? Can you come see us? Let me get you a drink. Well, if that's the case, kcoolmans at gmail.com is where you're going to email us. K-C-O-O-L-M-A-N-Z at gmail.com. Why? Because we need to know what your plans are for Austin ahead of time so we can clear our schedules and hang out with you. So kcoolmans at gmail.com. Let us know if you're moving here, just passing through. And if you tell us all of that, we'll do our best to hang out with you. All right, everybody, that is that. Had a great time. And we'll see you in the next one. Good night, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to or watching this, goodbye. And you know what to do. That's right. Stay toasty.